0: Brace yourselves for unknowable horror, because the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned! Yes, Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series. A chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu.
1: What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back again with another micro I am joined by BJ. Hi. Eric. Hello. And Brian. Hola. And we are here with a very it's kind of an interesting, kind of unique. We've done a little bit of this conversation before, a little bit, but it is a A fun topic to uh, delve into the different facets of and the different iterations and repercussions of uh, the multiverse of reboots and refreshes and new takes on old classics. I mean, when you have things like The Wonder Years being rebooted uh, from a different vantage point and different perspective, it shows you that these properties have a lasting appeal that crosses generations and a generation that grew up with a property can in turn reboot it and reshape it once they come of age and are able to start being the ones creating the content that is going out to the public Uh, we've seen reboots of things like mad about you which i don't think any of us have seen did anybody watch the original mad about you
4: I didn't. I saw episodes of it. I didn't watch it religiously. Same.
1: Yeah, same. And it wasn't one of those that like I was watching it on. I don't think it, was, it wasn't like when I watched it on like NBC when it was on or if that was the network it was on. I was a big um, USA morning watcher and it was at primetime in the daytime block that they would run in the morning. So it'd be like Wings and uh, Ned and Stacy. And wow. Mad About You, like these were all shows that that were not a part of like my culture growing up in actual like first run, but they were a lot of things that we got to watch growing up as syndication on other um, networks. So a lot of these things get rebooted and don't always do well. But there are ones that really do, um, really do showcase the right way to do a reboot or the right way to refresh a, a property. So that isn't the full scope of what we're going to be talking about today. BJ had thrown this out there for us to talk about what properties out there do we think deserve a reboot or have been rebooted and failed so horribly that we need to pretend that never happened <laughs> and let's do it again. But I figure in order to kind of illustrate where our minds are from this perspective for this topic, I wanted to do a quick lightning round of properties that were rebooted that worked well. So that way our listeners can dive a little bit into our brains. I know it's a little scary in there most of the time, but (laughs) let's talk about the things that worked as a reboot and then we'll uh, dive into the topics we brought that we think would make for a great reboot opportunity in 2021 and beyond. Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Uh, so give us
2: your reboot that works. It's going to be a tie between two properties that are out and one that is about to come out. And if anyone has ever heard me talk about anything, science fiction for any length of time, you probably know where this is going. So is there a giant um, worm involved there. There may or may not be a giant worm involved. <laughs> uh, probably the top of them. If I had to give a little bit of an advantage blade runner, 2049, I'm absolutely in love with Dennis Villeneuve uh, as a director and his take on an extension of blade runner is sort of a, a reboot of the story, but it's a sequel, but also sort of, you know, obviously rebooting it for the younger and more modern, whatever generation people. Uh, Excellent. It's it's as slow as I want it to be. I have yet to submit anyone through the uh, Blade Runner test with it. Eric, I don't think you saw 2049, did you? No, I didn't. No. Nope. Is it because you didn't make it through the first few minutes? Though.
4: No. I mean, I've never seen the first one, so how could I see the sequel? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say same here. Oh, gosh. Girl,
1: I didn't see the first one. I didn't make it through the first one. And I I have a ticket stub. It's probably in the trash because you know it moved. But I I paid to go see it in the theater. Okay, maybe I didn't pay. You might have paid.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Oh, that's right. So yeah, you failed that test too. That's right. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, no. hard. I
1: will just say though, in my defense, I believe we saw it after like Bear Bus weekend, or it was like one of those like either like a Pride weekend, a Bear Bus weekend, something where I had been going for days straight with very little sleep. And then you put that movie on, even if it's in the theater. <laughs> I fall asleep at movies in general, but goddamn, that was a slow burn.
2: It's, it, it's, I like them that way. I do I do prefer that. But uh, I will also go slightly different energy with Tron Legacy, because as much as I am not in maybe like, uh, I think I'm in the majority, but as much as not everybody loved what Tron Legacy did to the original Tron, I think it did a pretty good job. The Daft Punk soundtrack is still one of my favorite uh, soundtracks to just put on to get some energy going and and overall i think it again honored the past it is a sequel carried it forward invented it for reinvented it for a new era finally and this is just a quick because i haven't seen it yet the new dune movie by also Villeneuve. uh, uh all i've seen about it everything i've read it, i'm gonna love it which is probably bad because i think i have higher expectations than i should but i will probably <laughs> probably almost certainly say that is a successful reboot so uh you know very few uh very uh a couple weeks to go until we get to see that for ourselves. Uh but those are my favorite uh remakes.
1: Flash forward to future us talking about his disappointment in
2: the film. <laughs> Take a take a sound take take
0: a sound clip to play uh, right. when he says how much he, he hates it.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll do that and we'll go right back to that sound bite. <laughs> Eric, let's start over to you. What do you consider a successful reboot? Or I'll say, like we'll call it a refresh, because kind of uh, Tron Legacy and Blade Runner twenty forty nine were less reboots and more refreshes for the property. So we'll, we'll kind of expand that horizon.
4: Uh, I think some a couple good ones that I've liked are. Um, The Star Trek reboot, the J.J. Abrams, the first one. I mean, they certainly did not keep up the quality in subsequent movies. But the first one I thought was really good. um, Reboot retelling. You Um, mean Star
1: Trek Into Darkness wasn't uh, as high on your list?
4: (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) And then I did like uh, the Mary Poppins sequel. That they kept saying, it's not a reboot, it's not a reboot, not a reboot. uh, But it's quite the refreshing new, everything is new about it. um, And just further emphasizes the fact that Mary Poppins is a time lord. um, Because she (laughs) had a new face. Um, And then, but probably one of my favorite reboots uh, is Little Shop of Horrors. When it came back in 86 as a musical, as opposed to the original 1960s.
1: Oh, that's uh, right. I like monster it. Monster movie.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. Not someplace fancy like Levittown. <laughs> that? Okay. So, I'll, okay. I know it's October. It's Spooky Month. It's uh, BJ's and my birthday month. Um, And I know I'm going to catch hell for this, but I've never seen Little Shop. My knowledge of Little Shop comes from video clips played at like musical Mondays or like, you know, (laughs) bar types of things and people singing the songs at karaoke. So every time or any time somebody sings somewhere that's green and she's and that line is said, I lose it because I grew up not far from Levittown. And anytime some like just hearing those words, not someplace fancy like Levittown, I giggle because that is not a fancy place.
4: Well, <laughs> but I mean, in the in the context of the film, Skid Row. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes. Compared compared to Skid Row, Um you should watch it. I think you would absolutely love it.
1: I, I probably mean, would. I just have well, never like it. It's one of those things that it never comes up and it's never like uh, at the front of my mind until it's talked about her song and I'm like, "Oh, I've never seen that before." Well,
0: well, and what's funny is they they're talking about remaking the they're talking about doing a remake of the movie musical and the rumor mill is that um Lady Gaga is going to play Audrey. Um I could see that. Which works. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, just her it, her without her outfits like just seeing her, like with her hair in a bun, like going to the store, she looks just like the actress that played Audrey, um, Ellen Green. It was Ellen, yeah, Ellen Green. She looks yeah. a lot like Ellen Green. Um, so I, and plus her, she's got the singing chops, obviously. Um, so, and being
1: a a New York uh, Italian, like I could see her putting on that affectation and uh, doing yeah. a, an homage voice uh, to yes. Ellen Green in, in that role. Yeah, I could see it.
0: Yeah, so so yeah, so so we're we're actually we'll probably get a reboot of a a remake of a remake coming up here soon.
4: Well, hopefully they would keep the original musical ending where the plant takes over the world at the end. Yes,
1: spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's
4: (laughs)
0: thirty-five years. It's also on HBO Max, which we have access to. So,
1: oh, no, you know what we should do? We should do a um, a, a Discord movie like watch along.
0: Oh, watch like a watch party with all. Yeah, uh, there is actually a website that does that. Um, and I I can't remember the name, but actually one of the TikTokers I follow, he does uh live reactions to like the What If series, and he'll you he'll post it up on there. So you 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 can either watch so it's either it's it's not twitch i know they do that on twitch but it's not twitch um it's just i know netflix that makes like, it easier
1: netflix stuff there there actually is a way to like do a watch party with netflix directly through the website yeah but we'll have to look into that i i think that would be fun we'll do a uh an october little shop oh i'm told you a little
0: shop of horrors. <laughs> i'll have to is, bust out it, my wigs
1: oh my god that'd be fantastic uh so if you're out there listening and you think that's a good idea let us know in the comments tweet us email us let us know because uh we'll set that up that would be kind of fun all right bj what is a reboot slash refresh that worked for you
0: um well one it's still working for me it's even though it's it's had some ups and downs uh doctor who um doctor who was rebooted in 2005 very successfully in my opinion and it is still going um i i have had mixed feelings about the current showrunner but apparently russell t davis is uh hopping back in the chair which i'm very excited about um, i was gonna say
1: he's about to re- refresh his own reboot coming was, yeah,
0: full circle
1: say,
0: <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see i'm, I'm interested because i don't think he I, I don't think he got a budget like a re like the budget that they currently have like,
1: I mean, did you see some of those monsters in w- Series 9?
2: Oh, my God. That last well, I- episode with Rose and the <laughs> trash can. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And that trash can eating Mickey is probably one of the worst VFX I've ever seen in television. It's so bad. Like, I yeah. would almost rather them had not do any CG and all practical, which is still expensive, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the old school Doctor Who where the walls are shaking in the set than oh, have no. that horrid, like, Whatever that was, Uh, yeah. We should talk. Oh, I like the episode, but that moment is watch it again and tell me it's not. But oh no, it's horrible.
1: But that's what made it so much fun.
0: (laughs) It's and what's funny is is that was kind of the charm of the series. Is is you know it's it was always like bad costumes and whatnot, and I feel like they've worked really hard to kind of up the quality of their practical effects and their, their special effects to kind of get out of that corniness. So it'll be very interesting to see what Russell T Davis does with like a bigger, a bigger budget. I mean, hell, they've, they've released episodes in theaters now. Um, So it'll, it'll be very interesting. And then.
1: uh, And Davies will be at the helm for the 60th as well. Yes. Yes. Which I'm excited for. I'm maybe, very excited for that. maybe, and I know, I know, it wasn't just the Davies thing with why he hasn't been back involved. But maybe if they if they got Russell T Davies back, maybe Eccleston will make an appearance, and my little gay Doctor Who love and heart will finally be whole again by seeing Christopher Eccleston back on a Doctor Who presentation.
2: You can you can listen to him as the Doctor on those uh, Big Finish audio dramas if you're. If you're yep. so inclined. I don't know if you know he was doing that.
1: I didn't. And I, I have no commute anymore. And I don't listen to things usually like that at home. And that makes me a little sad. So I'll have to. Well, you I'll have had,
2: to... Only you had We've a got... trip coming up or something that you could listen to. Exactly. I,
1: I sleep on planes. Come on. <laughs> if I was driving, I originally was going to drive. I would have totally done it for, for a drive. <laughs> but maybe I'll, I'll I'll consider it for the plane ride for putting me to sleep.
0: But, but uh and an honorable mention it didn't end quite as well uh but honorable mention goes to uh chilling adventures of sabrina because uh, it had a very solid start and it was a really really fun uh show and then the last season kind of fell off but usually usually around a fourth season shows either break or make so um but yeah those are the, those are my uh, honorable honorable reboot mentions
1: so I was just gonna go with one, but since you all did not mention this, I I will um, because we all pretty much have talked very highly about it. Uh, Shira and the Princesses of Power was a very well acclaimed uh, uh, and loved by the viewership uh, reboot of the 80s uh, cartoon, to say comic. the 80s cartoon. And it was done very well to bring it to a new audience with new sensibilities and showcasing a representation that hasn't been done very well in a lot of cartoons. There are some, like Steven Universe has done a great job as well. But uh, the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power definitely was a great reboot. And I guess I I will say it's a reboot because the animation style changed the... Uh, story was condensed down to just the mangas. Uh, But Sailor Moon, when they did the crystal run all the way through the movies, I think there was a fantastic job doing a reboot and telling a more cohesive story. Obviously, for those who don't know and aren't maybe big Sailor Moon fans, uh, when it originally was being run in the 90s, in the mid 90s, they were producing them as the mangas were being distributed. So they didn't. They were pulling a Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones did it. They were running these stories without the following chapters or, or a multitude of chapters afterwards to have the story in front of them. So they created stories to fill in the gaps and the the time in between when they had source material to work with, and then they would get back to the story. So when you fast forward you know, to, what was that, 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in that ballpark, maybe a little bit later than that, maybe it was 12, 2015? Maybe it was 15. I don't know. Uh, I could look it up, but that would take me some time right now. But when they rebooted and brought this back in with the new animation style, they went to just the source material. They cut out all the extra episodes. They were able to tell a more cohesive and concise story. And I enjoyed it. Thoroughly, And I thought that it was a great way to reboot and retell the story uh, for a newer audience and to let the existing audience who were fans from the original iteration really just have a, uh, a nostalgia flashback without it, quote unquote, ruining my childhood. So those are uh, my takes on that.
2: 2016. That's what 2016.
1: Ah, wow. Well, at least one good thing came out of that year. So (laughs) there were a lot of good things that came out of most of that year up until, you know, uh, Q4, the end of Q3, Q4. So that is our our quick round of, uh, our quick-ish round of the reboots and refreshes that we think uh, worked well. We want to thank you all for listening to our podcast and enjoying our show, checking out our social media, uh, joining our Patreon page and helping to support the show. You can do all of that by going to our website, flameonshow.com, and uh, scroll through. We've got our YouTube videos. The Rainbow Spotlight series is up there in a gallery Uh, Link to the YouTube channel if you want to subscribe. Uh, our Twitch links are there. Our social media links are all there. Our threadless shop is linked right on our website. So you can rock your very own Flame On merch and uh, head on over to our Patreon page and become a patron at any one of the four levels that we have there. That is at patreon.com forward slash Flame On Show if you just want to go directly to that page. But we want to thank you all for your continued listenership and support. So check us out, flameonshow.com.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: All right, let's break it down into the properties that need a reboot or a refresh or a retread or something to get the taste out of our mouths of the last time. Now, this can include reboots that have been rebooted that need to go away and never be thought about again. I'm looking at you, Fanfortastic. (laughs) Fen- yeah. tra- r- for- stick. Fen- I don't even know how to say it with that four in the middle. stick <laughs> Yeah, fanforestick. stick Okay, there we go. Looking at you, stick Cannot wait until you're rebooted in the MCU. Cannot wait. So let's go back around the other way. BJ, since this was your topic that you uh, came up with, why don't you kick us off on what you think needs to be rebooted?
0: I I racked my brain on this for a bit because, uh, like like I said, the Little Shop of Horrors is, is potentially getting like a remake and uh, and then there's all sorts of stuff that's already been rebooted. Uh, everything old is new again. Um, so honestly, this hit me like a ton of bricks uh, and I don't know why it hasn't happened sooner. I would love a complete re- reboot of the Versus series of fighting games Starting with Children of the Atom, but change it to Children of Krakoa and you have a you have a, a giant X-Men 2D fighting game with a roster of like not just like the because the original roster of Children of the Atom was straight up the nineties X-Men cartoon. Which is great. It was a fun game. I played the shit out of it in the arcade, but I would love a more comic accurate X-Men fighting game. Starting with that, starting with a, a remake with Children of the Atom. So, because uh, one of the things that really made me super happy is when they made Marvel vs. Capcom two, and they included Marrow and she hadn't been featured in any like of the animated properties or anything. And I I played. I mean, I I hated how she played, but I played the shit out of her because I was like, oh my god, something from the comics is here. Um, so I would definitely love because you could easily add in. Like they didn't have Beast, uh, they didn't have like Angel, the original Angel. Um, you could have you could have more comic accurate costumes, like for Scott. Um, you could have their Hellfire Gala costumes. I would absolutely lose my shit if I could play a Storm in her Hellfire Gala outfit. Um, I would love you could play as Prodigy, and although he doesn't have like actual offensive abilities, he you could literally have him copy fighting styles of like every marvel character um so yeah it would it would i would really love to see that uh happen and then you could ha- you could add it there's like um they're like they never had carnage um they never had other marvel characters that i'd really love to see i'd love to see a um uh what was the other there's another x-men i would love to see shade as a playable <laughs> as a so playable fighting game right. character
1: you're saying let there be carnage Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to.
0: <laughs> you, but you could have Shriek. Um, you, there's a whole bunch of sp- uh, more Spider-Man characters you could have in the fighting games that were never featured. You could have Doctor Octopus. Um, I just there's just so many possibilities now because they're cause although the the roster of uh, Marvel characters hasn't really expanded a ton there's still like, you could have Jane Foster's Thor. I'd love to see Jane Foster's Thor, Miles Morales, like all of those characters in, in a fighting game. Um,
1: oh my God. So, yeah. Anytime I can see Russell Douderman's design for Jane Foster's Thor, the mighty Thor we'll call her. Cause that's what her title is. The mighty Thor. The mighty
0: Thor. Uh, at
1: any, anytime I can see that I am in love. And I will say this at the, um, at the Marvel exhibit that was here in Chicago. There is a, I think it's a watercolor painting by Esad Ribbick, is, is that it? Isad Ribbick of the Mighty Thor. So Isad Ribbick's talent painting and Russell Dauterman's design for the Mighty Thor. I was like, I want to rip this off the wall and run away with it and steal it because it is so nice. <laughs>
0: But yeah so uh, but yeah i was I was I was reading uh some comics and I just sat there remembering when I was younger and I was like man it would have been cool if they had had beast in a fighting game oh man it would have been cool if they had included like uh spider Gwen or something in a fighting game um you could even you hell you could even have each individual property as a fighting game and then you have like a big Mar- marvel universe versus itself before you do like a Marvel superheroes versus Capcom uh versus Capcom or anything like that. Um so you could have like an entire Spider-Man fighting game done in that versus style 2D animation with like just Spider-Man characters or just Doctor Strange characters. Um I would love to see Satana as a as a playable character. Like the, because I was I was also playing Smash Brothers and I was like, "Man, how come other fighting games aren't adding to their roster to this ridiculous amount?" And then I realized, "Oh, well, that would be great if Capcom had done something like this with Marvel vs. Capcom, where they just keep adding on to their roster. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I think we're I think we're way overdue because uh, Cap because Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was kind of lame, um, had no X Men characters in it whatsoever. Um, I hate that pseudo 3D 2D thing they did since Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Um, so yeah, I would like. So honestly, I would just like a reboot of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 just with like even more comic-accurate characters.
1: Love it. And I will be honest, when you said versus at first, I thought you were talking about that Apple TV like music show. And I was like, that's <laughs> a, still a thing now. Like, How are we going to reboot it that quickly? I know things get turned back around really fast nowadays, but that's too fast. Got it. Fighting games, I love it. I'd be on board with that. I would, I'd totally be down for, uh, for playing some more fighting games with more X Men characters, more comic accurate, and uh, oh my god, get Madeline Pryor as the Goblin Queen in there. Yeah, Oof. get Jean Jean Grey's Phoenix versus Madeline Pryor's Goblin Queen. I'd be playing it all day, every day. Love it.
0: Oh my god, Mister Sinister and his super. Is just a whole bunch of other Mister Sinisters running onto the screen, like,
1: <laughs> and one of them stopping and being like, "Oh my god, that cape is fabulous," and then carrying <laughs> or,
0: on. Or every time, I... every every time they bum rush somebody with a cape, if they survive the super, that version of Mister Sinister you're playing as ends up with a cape.
1: <laughs> oh my god, fucking would ah uh, would die, would die. <laughs> All right, Eric, what is uh the property that you feel needs a reboot or a refresh?
4: So, as I was going through some of my favorite like 80s TV shows to kind of see, it's about 30 years now. What's something that could come back? I was like The Greatest American Hero. Because oh I feel I feel like it would be They just turned it into like a pure sitcom versus any sort of dramedy-esque and just shortened it to like a half hour versus hour long episodes. I feel like it could be a good offset to a lot of the more serious superhero shows out now, Um, especially since how a lot of the humor came from him trying to figure out the various powers of his suit. Um, And I just feel like that would be a fun one to see redone. Although I'd be scared about what kind of remix they would do to the theme song.
0: (laughs) No, I feel like if you do it, I feel like if you do it as a sitcom, you should have the theme song be exactly the same, or even make it sound sound even like make it sound even more dated. Like you just (laughs) lean into it. Like I feel like that would be perfect if they just leaned into it to make it as horny as fucking possible.
1: Now, I know we've played it before, and I know you've sung it before, but that's the, believe it or not, I'm walking on air, right? Very much so, yes. (laughs) I wish I still had it on the soundboard, because I would play it right now. (laughs) I was like, I remember you using that as uh, one of our Patreon uh, micro-micros, where we were talking uh, TV theme songs.
4: Yes, very much so. And, yeah, it's just the story of a substitute teacher who gets visited by aliens and given a suit along with an instruction manual, which he promptly loses and has to figure out the suit. (laughs) And just his misadventures from that on. That is fantastic. (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I think I agree with BJ where you would just need to make it super cheesy for the theme song and like, I don't know. Find, find, find. Who would be a good like group to to do it? I'm trying to think if there's like a a, a modern pop group that would be like cheesy and fun enough to to do it.
0: Oh, um, the uh, um, oh, what's his name for Panic at the Disco? He'd 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 ham it up for sure. Oh,
1: Brandon, Brandon Urey. Yeah.
0: Brandon. Oh, or um hell uh you could i'll uh, probably fallout boy because fallout boy did the or uh, the lead singer of fallout boy did the opening song to the um disney junior series um uh spider man and his amazing friends they have like a little like disney junior show he did he did he re- he wrote that opening and performed it so like hmm. I'm pretty sure like th- at least those two would definitely be on board to like ham it up and and make it like as corny as possible.
1: Is that Pete Wentz?
0: Yes, Pete Wentz. Okay,
1: so Pete Wentz or Brandon Urey I think I, I could see that. I could see it. Um, you just got to follow up to me from Lover and just get Taylor Swift and Brandon Urie to do it as a duet.
4: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Be good to go. Oh my God, could you imagine? Okay, so if we were to spin off of that and like reboot uh, The Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman and then like do cheesy 80s 80s-esque theme songs for it and then get Taylor Swift to do one and Brandon Yarde to do the other and like but then have it be where it's like one song that connects but use part like each part that describes the one in their their respective television show. I like this. Why are we writing this down? Oh, cuz it's being <laughs> recorded and we can just listen to it again. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Trademark. If anybody if anybody writes that script and gets all that done, we want at least uh creative credit in the in the credits there. We we
0: we get exclusive rights to the show's podcast.
1: <laughs> where where we discuss every episode of the Bionic Woman and the Six Million Dollar Man, starting from the very beginning. Oh god, then we'd have to go back and do the Lee Majors and uh Oh, God, who is the other one? Lee Majors was the, the $6 million man. Who is the Bionic Woman?
0: Oh, shit.
4: I can't remember.
1: Katie oh Sackhoff God.
2: in the reboot.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Lindsay <laughs> Wagner? Lindsay yes. Wagner.
1: Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. So we've gotten uh, fighting games. We've gotten. Uh, the greatest American hero, Brian. What is your property that should be rebooted?
2: Well, I had an idea, and I was going to do Logan's Run. Which have you guys even seen, Eric? I think you may have seen Logan's Run. I have no? seen it's Logan's Run. Possible, yeah.
0: Okay, is that Here's when Wolverine
1: was running through the hallways in um, in uh, that uh. one X Men movie? Oh
2: my god. <laughs> Uh, He's running after Gene. No, he he runs
1: past Gene in his Weapon X gear. Oh, that was Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I was like, which one was that? It wasn't Days of Future Past. It was Apocalypse because he wasn't in Dark Phoenix. He knew to stay away from that film with everything in him.
2: Right. Um, So I was going to say that, and I do think that would be an amazing reboot. And if you're interested, there is a great article I read on uh, io9 that's like the history of the reboot of this property, and it never came to pass and no, people are like it's it's like it's not going to happen. But the more I thought about it, as you guys are talking like, you know, okay, like what what would be redeeming for a property? I would really like and th- this is relevant to something that's coming up. I would really like uh, the X-Files to be rebooted but not by Chris Carter because he did reboot his series The X-Files uh, with a uh, continuation and though there was a very memorable episode featuring a werewolf and Shangela, uh, which I do like that episode a lot. Uh, overall, the series was not great. And in fact, in many people's minds, it left a bad... Like, Like the ending of the original series was like, fine, okay, yeah, whatever. This ending was probably worse. <laughs> like, people were just pissed. Uh, so as much as it was lovely to see Duchovny and uh, Gillian Anderson back on there, I, it, yeah, just... I would like to see somebody um, not, uh, I don't know, who's a good showrunner for that? I mean, okay, here's a, here's a really wild idea. So one of our favorite shows, of course, is Gravity Falls uh, by Ooh. the fa- fabulous Alex Hirsch, uh, who is very influenced by uh, X-Files. Obviously, if you've watched Gravity Falls, you probably pick up a little bit of that. But I would give Alex Hirsch, a reboot of X Files, uh, animated or not, I don't know, but uh, and and basically tell him like, go wild, it's it's your canvas, you just go crazy, uh, all of the conspiracy theories you want to work in there, albeit like. Maybe not QAnon and all this. Yeah, you know, the, the, <laughs> the conspiracy theories that are pro- are a problem. Uh, Ivermectin, whatever. I don't know. Whatever all your other nonsense is, but like, go crazy with the Bilderbergers, the Freemasons, uh, I, Scientology. I don't know. Whatever your crazy, uh, you know, themes are. Uh, I think that'd be a lovely uh, notion. And I say that not just because obviously it was the X Files re- reboot was bad. Uh, I think there's a problem when you have a series creator come back and take what was very precious to them and try to reinvent it. I don't think it works very often. Um, I am curious with Doctor Who specifically if Davies comes back and does something even better, because I do like his run, even though I tend to prefer Moffat's run. But I think in general, Davies uh, will be an interesting, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings to it, especially after his, awesomely queer uh television he's done since then um i'm gonna guess we're gonna get captain jack even if that's sort of an issue that they got to figure out uh with uh with uh, what's his name oh my god who plays jack uh my brain's not working today
0: um oh um john barrowman
2: thank you i knew there was a B. (laughs) I got stuck on the barrowman part uh yeah other than his stuff like i feel like there's a way to Bring that back, but uh, I was—I
0: was going was to say they brought him back recently, so I feel well. Like they- he had
2: some—he—he he exposed himself to his castmates back during uh, his uh, yeah. his his shows, and uh, even though he was not uh, certainly not sexually like assaulting anyone, and it, it puts him into that gray area of yeah, it was sexual harassment, like clearly, but. At the time, they dealt with it. He stopped doing it. Is it still an issue? Yeah, it's that whole thing. Anyway, doesn't matter. Point where I'm going is this Babylon 5, which is a show that I love very dearly. It's one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time. And I would have absolutely said, yes, we need a reboot on this. The problem is Michael J. Straczynski, J J. Michael Straczynski, sorry, JMS, has basically taken this on as the original showrunner and writer of most of the episodes and he is doing the reboot which is a reboot and not a sequel and i am worried that he will fall into the chris carter like trap where they're too close to it like i'm hoping he's smart enough to bring in some really diverse smart young writers and certainly anyone who's worked on like the expanse or Foundation most recently, or or any of these like sci-fi or Star Trek, like, uh, oh God, Discovery, if he can get some of the writers from Discovery, like poach them. I would love to see what they take, what they do with Babylon 5, but JMS rebooting it, I'm worried. I'm just worried it's not going to work. And so I feel like the cautionary tale is you can never go home again, right? When you have a showrunner and they want to get involved, make them a producer, give them that credit, Let him have Lucas. Same thing. Although it's arguable whether Lucas's sequels would have been better than, you know, the ones we got, but whatever, like you gotta have that, but don't slave to it. You gotta be aware of the past, but don't be precious about it because I don't think we want to We don't want retreads. We really don't. We want sparks that like light the fire of this story and then people are going to be like all excited about the past and go back and watch it. That's what happened with Doctor Who. They didn't they, uh, Davies didn't just retread Doctor Who. He rebooted it. It's this continuation of the story, but he did it in a way that that first season, if you had never seen any Doctor Who before, didn't matter. You were good to go. No backstory needed. Very modern and relevant. Got a great young crew of writers. Uh, just it works. And I worry that when it's and you know Doctor Who there's no chance they were going to get the person who who people who created it from the 63 involved so that was not a worry but you know like you just got to have that fresh blood you got to keep moving forward you can't keep looking back so i think Babylon 5 i'm worried about but if i had a if I had one choice it's probably X-Files right now
1: nice yeah and uh i i can be uh, that person to attest to The reboot of Doctor Who and not having any knowledge of it beforehand, a British friend of mine in massage therapy school uh, handed me a couple of DVDs and said, here, watch this and, you know, put on the uh, that episode of Rose that we were mentioning before. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. All right. Before I do mine, another quick thank you to everybody that is out there listening uh, and have supported us through all of the years of flame on uh, a little over 10 years of this podcast in existence and we couldn't do it without you. So again, thank you. Go check out our website flameonshow.com, where you can check out all of our social media and our uh, threadless shop. So you can get your own flame on swag and our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash flame on show where you can help us uh, keep this podcast a trucking along. All right. So my, choice for a property that needs a reboot there's two and they kind of i don't want to say stem off of each other but share a common leading actor one may be a little controversial just because the show creator um a lot has come to light about him and his actions on set especially around his uh female stars. Uh, including, uh, I think at the time, a 15-year-old Michelle Trachtenberg. I was just watching a musical episode of one of his shows this morning before I uh, left the house for a little bit. But I loved Dollhouse and Eliza Dushku as the lead in the show where um, these people who have done bad things... Illegal things uh, basically trade in five years of their lives to this mysterious organization who wipes their minds clean and then programs them into uh, whatever their shady multimillionaire clients want. Um, and then they're supposed to be released at the end of that contract, um, which comes with its own set of issues and problems. It, it, Almost didn't survive the first five episodes because of network interference. The network wanted the pilot retooled completely. They wanted more standalone episodic adventures and less uh, overarching plot, which uh, Whedon is known for doing and doing very well in, uh, in these television formats. So he did and the show suffered for it. After that fifth episode, they finally kind of relented and let him tell the story that he originally wanted to tell. They were going to cancel it at the end of the first season. Uh, And because of the retooling of the pilot, they were an episode short. So he wrote an epilogue uh, called Epitaph One, which was supposed to, in a way, be a closing point, but still leaving things open for, for your interpretation as a viewer. Um, he was able to convince them because of Angel and the work that he did to get an extra season out of that after season four. He promised, uh, he was able to cut the budget down significantly. And um, I keep wanting to say the WB. Was it WB? What network was uh, were Buffy and Angel on at the end? They went from UPN to the WB, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was WB. CW. What's the no, around? It was
2: WB. It was WB. Was it? Okay. No,
0: it, was, it was WB, and then it went to, it, it went to, uh, I think,
2: no, it was yeah, they were, first. They were off the air by the time WB or changed to CW. To CW? CW. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All right. so, so it, it went was, from
1: UPN yeah. 9 to the um, WB. So um, Angel almost got the axe after season four. He promised to cut down the budget to like a quarter of what they were spending and was able to do that with Fox as well and use that success with Angel season five to um, get them to – allow him to do a second season of dollhouse, which in turn didn't hundred percent close out the story, but he ended up closing out season two with epitaph two, which gave more closure to um, the story overall. I would love to see maybe not with Whedon at the helm. We, we, we don't need to get into all of that right now, um, but I think the concept and the cast, I would like to keep some of the cast. That's why I don't want to say a complete reboot. Because I loved, uh, I do not want to butcher their names, but I loved Sierra. I loved um, Victor. I loved Echo. I mean, I will say this one. Alan Tudyk was a gem and a charm for being a sociopath and a psychotic murderer. Uh, but he played it so well and so charmingly that like it, it was amazing. I would love to see that get a refresh and uh, a new life, a second chance. I also would like to see True Calling, which was another Eliza Dushku vehicle that was not a Whedon uh, project, but it came off of the heels of her being um, on Buffy. It was her chance to be the driver of a, uh, of a, a show, a drama uh, with comedic elements, I don't even want to call it a dramedy, but it was, you know, it it, it had its whole thing where she went to go work at a morgue to uh, make some extra money while she was in school. Dead people would come back to life to ask her for help. The day would rewind, and it was a very Groundhog's Day or Groundhog Day um, murder mystery murder. She wrote, and Groundhog Day had a baby, and that's what you get is True Calling. Uh, it did survive season one. Jason Priestley came on in season two as a foil to Eliza Dushku's True. And um, then it never really got resolved. The last episode or two never actually aired with the rest of the season. It was all be- because of, I think, maybe the Olympics. There was some sort of television like thing that happened and they... They weren't going to show it in its regular time slot. And then it went to, like, Saturdays at 3 a.m. to show, like, the last five episodes. And then they didn't even show the last one until, like, three months later on Comedy Central. It was some weird bullshit that it got. It did not get a proper um, closure, ending send-off. It didn't get any respect at the end. Uh, it was a major vehicle vehicle for Zach Galifianakis before The Hangover made him a household name. Uh, it, it was... It was a very entertaining show and it had a a very interesting to me premise that I would love to see revisited and maybe refreshed with, again, I would like to see some of the same cast come back and maybe have a chance to really dive in a little bit more or kind of get a soft reboot with some of the same characters, but let's kind of get a fresh crack at these stories. So I just want to see Eliza Dushku and her TV career actually get the credit that it deserves and should have always had because she's amazing. So those are my choices for uh reboot slash refreshes that should happen. Um, have any of y'all are dollhouse or true calling people? I don't, I, I know we've talked about it before. I think some dollhouse, but no true calling, right?
0: I mean, yeah. I I remember, I remember, I think I watched the first episode of true calling um, but I, uh, I definitely um, remember Dollhouse. I watched some. Of, I think I watched all of Dollhouse. I was gonna say yeah, I that's watched-
1: available on Hulu. So if you haven't seen it, you can watch both seasons one and season two of Dollhouse on Hulu right now.
2: I watched Dollhouse with you, and then uh, I liked it. I really wish they had continued. They had a, such a great world that they were exploring and slowly building out. The comics that they did—I don't know if you. I think you re- may have read those. They were. They were kind of a nice uh, way to finish up those uh, a little bit playing off of the epitaph uh, uh, episodes, but uh, yeah, true calling. I never, I think I just didn't, (laughs) unfortunately it wasn't genre enough and it didn't have Joss Whedon. So I was kind of like, but um, yeah, you, you definitely liked it. So I, what has she done lately? Is she, I know she stopped acting for a bit to go back to school. Has she been anything lately?
1: I wanna say yes. She was on a show because I know that um, when the Me Too movement really sprung forward, she was on a show be that um, that kind of came up because she had called out one of the people that she was working with. Um, and she was on we we saw her at New York Comic-Con a couple of years back. She was promoting a show at the time. I'm trying to look at her right now. She was on Bull.
2: Yeah, she uh let's see, she was in Big Bang Theory. Um some animated motion comic for Torchwood? I don't remember that at all. Wow. Uh The Scribbler with Michelle Trachtenberg and and Gina Gershon. That sounds uh, you know, good. Some other stuff. She was a voice on Hulk and Agents of Smash.
1: Oh, she was the she was uh She Hulk, I believe,
2: yeah, for yeah, yeah. the length of the run there. And oh, wow. she uh, there's a Cinemax TV series I vaguely recall called Banshee. I guess she had yes. a uh, a recurring role on that as well. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know. I think that might too- have been what
1: she was promoting um, when we were at Megacon.
2: Hmm. Well, I forgot. So she's, I she's doing some stuff, but, you know, she's... Uh, I know she had other things in her life going on, so that was... Uh, that was definitely a priority for her. But yeah, and the, the last credit for TV is The Saint, uh, which is a TV film. So,
1: 2017, she had recurring guests were on the last three episodes of the first season of Bull, the CBS drama series Bull. That looks like it was the last thing that she did. That I think was the, um, the actor that she was working with that she called out. That that was a big thing during the uh, the Time's Up and Me Too movement. Um yeah i know i i love her to death i met her i sat in two and a half hours of traffic i always tell that story she's uh when gmail did these shelfies and you could have a picture behind uh in your gmail it's my picture of me and her it's, you know I, I love her i wish that she had a little bit more of that success but um she is she's been doing well in recent years in her personal life and and i'm happy to see it All right, dear listeners, let us know what you think should be rebooted. Email us, chat us up on social media, go in the comments, uh, and just let us know. We would love to hear from you. And with that being said, we'll be back in two weeks with our next Pop Culture Roundup. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye, Hi,
2: I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.